1: that day that I would meet my wife the same day I got saved I had no idea that we would serve the Lord together for all of these years we I had no idea that that I would be pastor I, I I didn't want to be a pastor I wasn't trying to be a pastor I had no idea that I would be pastor and she would be pastor's wife for many years to come you don't have any idea God just says show up God just says be obedient You know, I don't have any idea what's going to become of my life in ministry today. But that's not for me to know. I'm required to show up and God will show up and tell me what to do. That's what the Bible calls saints walking by faith. You understand? That's what the Bible says. You just do what God's called you to do. That's a word for someone here. You do what God's called you to do. Makes me think of Jeff. Just do it and the Lord will provide. Amen. Amen? Amen. Very important. So in verse 17, when they saw him, they worshipped him. All of these people gathered together. You know what? I can imagine this crowd. I actually call this, this is a crowd of used-to-be's. I'm sure that this is a crowd of used-to-be's. I mean, you've got to think about Jesus' ministry and all the people that he touched and all of the people that he healed. And I'm sure that, 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 that used-to-be blind Bartimaeus showed up. And I'm sure that used-to-be... Lazarus used to be dead. Lazarus showed up. All these people—Jairus, you remember his daughter—and she used to be dead. And Jesus touched her, and Jesus brought her back to life. I'm sure the woman who used to have an issue of blood was there. The centurion who whose servant was sick used to be sick was healed by Jesus. The guy who used to be paralyzed was there. Remember that story when they opened up the roof and they let this guy down? Jesus is right there teaching a Bible study. And they let this guy down. And Jesus touched him and healed him. And now he used to be paralyzed. He's up running around and walking around. And I'm sure that he certainly made that trip up the Arbel and gathered with this crowd of people. Simon, he used to be a leper. uh, Zacchaeus, pardon me, who who used to be mastered by greed is now mastered by grace. And of course we have the 11 disciples who were there. And then you have Jesus standing there, risen from the grave with the nail marks in his hands. And and they saw and they experienced this moment and they fell down and they worshipped him. A bunch of used-to-be's gathered together to worship Jesus. You know, that reminds me of Calvary Chapel on Sunday morning. Look at your neighbor. They are used to be. Well, hopefully they used to be. I mean, some of us, we used to be drug dealers, but now we're worshipers. Some of us, we used to be grumpy, and now we're grateful. Say amen, saints. You know that's right. Some of us used to be cheap, and now we're generous. Some of us used to beat people up. Amen. You don't do that anymore. (laughs) Now you're picking people up. Some of us used to steal and now we give. We used to lie. And now we tell the truth. Most of the time. (laughs) A bunch of used-to-be's. Jesus takes a life and makes something out of it. Amen? Amen. Well, point number one in our outline, the power of the Great Commission. Look at it in verse 18. As the people are worshiping him and enjoying his presence, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Would you note that? Would you underline that? All authority and all power. Not 99%. Not 80%. Jesus didn't say, well guys, I want you to know that I have most power. And Satan has some power. So you better look out. He didn't say that. He said, I have all power. Now in the Greek language, you've been around here at Calvary Chapel? In the Greek language... All means all, and that's all all means. <laughs> you know that. All means all, and that's all all means. Now your Bible Greek students. Jesus has all power. Jesus has all authority. Not some power, not a little power, not much power. The Bible says He has authority. All power and all authority is given to me, he said, in heaven and in earth. And because of this all power that is given to him in heaven and earth, he says, go and make disciples. In other words, because of Jesus' limitless power, we are to go in his power and make disciples. Point number two in our outline. Not only the power of the Great Great Commission, but the plan of the Great Commission. We find that in verse 19. Jesus said, go to all nations. Go to all people groups. Go to all persons. This word go, if you're taking notes in your Bible, is literally translated, as you are going. You see, the idea is, as you are going throughout the world, make disciples. Make disciples. This word disciple literally means to develop learners. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is one who sits at the feet of his master, soaking up every word. A disciple is one who desires to conform his life to the life of his master. Thus, to make disciples means to help unbelievers become fully devoted followers of Jesus. To go and make disciples. Go and make disciples, not wait for disciples to come to church. The Bible tells us to go and make disciples. It doesn't say go and bring people to church. We are to go and make disciples. When you go and make disciples, you are taking the gospel of Jesus Christ out into the world. Now, a lot of people like to use this verse for missions trips, and and it can apply to that, but it's not limited to that. Remember, it's as you are going. So in other words, as you are going to the supermarket, when you get to the supermarket, if you find opportunity to share the gospel, to tell someone of Jesus Christ, that's what you're to do. As you are going, you're in the supermarket. Ma'am, can I help you? Yes, I like to buy this item. Yeah, is it on sale? Yeah, well I'll give you a sale price. Great. Oh, speaking of sale, do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior? <laughs> Something. As you are going. Hey, you go to the gym. Man, you sure can pump a little iron. Yeah, really? Yeah, how much can you bench press, press? Yeah. Hey, you know the Bible says. Godliness with contentment is great gain. The Bible says, you know, bodily exercise profits little. And then they'll say, okay, get away from me. Jesus free. Okay. You go, no, come here, man. I got to tell you something else. (laughs) Something. Hey, you understand my point. (laughs) Something. Something. As you are going, share the gospel. Take the gospel to the world, not necessarily bring people to church. I've heard people all the time, they say to me, you know, Pastor Roddy, I'm trying to get them to church. Pastor Roddy, I'm trying to get them to church. If I could just get them to church. Listen, getting them to church is one thing, but taking the gospel to them is what Jesus told us to do. Amen. You see, the church services here at Calvary Chapel, and perhaps if you're new here, this will answer a few questions for you. The church services here at Calvary Chapel are not designed for evangelism. What do you mean, Rodney? Don't you care about the lost? Absolutely. But the church service, and might I add, no church service should be designed for the unbelievers. And it is... Really a sad thing is what we see in the church today is many churches are moving to a model of church where the sanctuary setting, the church service, is designed to appeal to the unbeliever. That's not biblical. Now I know that I'm going to get in a lot of trouble here. So I might as well just go head in and do this thing, okay? <laughs> That's not biblical. According to the scriptures, we are to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the unbeliever, make disciples of them, share the gospel with them, and then bring them to church. And it's in the church environment where they will be able to grow. It's in the church environment where they will be able to be taught the word of God. You see, the church and this church here at Calvary Chapel, our services are designed to strengthen and equip the believer so that they can go and be equipped disciple makers. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get the word of God in you. I'm trying to teach you what the scripture says. So that you can know what the Bible says, then you can go into the workplace and you can share the gospel and you can say, hey, hey, look, yesterday we were at church and and this is what we talked about. And look at this verse here. Did you you know that? And, And Jesus said this and Jesus said that. Did you know that? And did you know that? And then, no, I didn't know that. And then you get to share with them and you get to make disciples of them. And then maybe you have an opportunity to lead them to the Lord. And then what you do is you bring them to church and you bring them in the church sanctuary where we can continue to teach and feed them and equip the saints so that that very same person can now go out and take the gospel and make disciples. Do you understand what I'm saying? Say amen. Amen. This is huge. (laughs) And the problem is, I don't know, had you faced what I faced when I first became a Christian? I got saved, gave my life to Christ January 23rd, 1982. And I started going to church faithfully, I was one of those kind of people, if the church doors open, I'm there. And so I'm serving, I'm going to church, and, I'm, and, and after a while I started feeling like, man, my Christianity's not moving forward. I started feeling like there's got to be something more. Every week we, people were preaching the gospel. And getting people saved and, and, and sharing the gospel. And don't misunderstand me, there's nothing wrong with that. But what was not happening is the word of God was not being taught. And therefore, the Christians wind up in those kind of environments dying on the vine. Because you're not growing in your faith. Once you become a Christian, now listen close. Once you become a Christian, you need to grow. Amen. Amen. And what happens is the church, we're not teaching people the word, and the Christians aren't growing. And yes, we know how to talk about Jesus, and we know how to talk about the cross, but we don't know the word of God. We haven't been equipped to go and make disciples. And so what happens is, is Sunday after Sunday, the evangelized are being evangelized. Wow. So I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been saved for a long time. And now I'm going back to church and I'm hearing another message about salvation. You see, that's why we need to go and make disciples, go and share the gospel. And that's exactly, by the way, how this church has grown year after year after year. You guys hear the word of God. Do you know, honestly, I'll tell you honestly, I invite very few people to church. Very few. Very few. I don't tell people I'm a pastor. I don't tell them very often. You got to pull it out of me. Because people, when you tell them you're a pastor, all of a sudden they change personalities. You know, I, I, it's happened. Guys going blanket and blank, blank, and blank. <laughs> Did you see that blanket and blank, blank? And they're going on the game and what a blanket and blank, blank, blank. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, blank, and blank, blank, blank. <laughs> we get to chat. I mean, like, what do you do for a living? He tells me what he does for a living. He says, Oh, well, what do you do for a living? I said, Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, blank. You know. <laughs> My bad. That's exactly what it never fails, man. That's why I don't tell people I'm a Christian, because all of a sudden, and now all of a sudden they go, oh, but, and then they go, oh, well, I'm really, really sorry. I tell you what, boy, I go to church. I didn't ask you whether you go to church or not. Well, I just want you to know there, Reverend, I go to church and I'm like alright man back up it's going to be alright but see we need to take the gospel out what happens is See, see, when you guys are being fed and you guys are being equipped from the word of God, you take the word of God out and you begin to share and you tell your friends. This church has grown that way. You bring people, you tell people, you go get people and you bring them to church and say, hey, you got to come here. Then Christians come and they hear the teaching of the word and they say, yeah, that's right. Amen. Amen. And I got to say that I am mortified as to what is going on in the church today. And I listen to Christian television. And I'm like, where do these guys get this stuff? It's not biblical. It's taken out of context. And they're destroying and ruining people. And putting people under. There's a new type of legalism in the church today. I'm, I'm amazed. <laughs> where do these people get this stuff from? Teach the people. Feed the people. Do we believe in evangelism? Yes. Are there times when we do an altar call? Yes. But we do them as the Spirit of God leads me to do them. So then it's not some kind of manufactured kind of altar call. We all been to them. But did I tell y'all last week what this meant? This meant, can I get a witness? Uh, maybe I did it at first service. Here, we'll do Manufactured altar
0: calls.
1: (laughs) You've been in them sometime. I'm in these altars, and you know it's like we got to get somebody saved because this is just what we do. We got to get them saved, and 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 you know the the preacher stands there, and he's you know you know 30 hours later would somebody want to get saved? (laughs) It's like come on, there must be one person that wants to get saved. I was in one of those meetings one time and it went on and on. I just got sick of it. I said, Look, now I've been a pastor for years. I'm like, Look, I'll get saved. <laughs> I know something's got to happen. I got to go. And it's like, Please, somebody get saved. <laughs> I tell y'all something. When the Lord is moving, when the Holy Spirit is moving, you don't have to contrive and manufacture to move with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, it's not by might. Say it with me. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. When Amen. God's is moving, you just, you know what? If God's moving, you just say, and this happened to me. Just, get, get, just, you know what? Hey, before you can get the words out, people will be like, I, I want to receive Christ. But the environment here is to feed the people. The plan of the Great Commission is to go and make disciples. And notice the point number three, if you're still with me. The purpose of the Great Commission in verse 19 through 20. The purpose of the Great Commission, notice this is twofold. Number one, baptizing. Two, teaching. I want you to notice something, Bible students. Pay very close attention here. Notice it says in verse 19, to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, notice, in the name. That's singular. Notice it doesn't say baptize in the names. It says in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Singular, not plural. In other words, this is a reference to the Trinity. In the name, the singular name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, there are people in the church today who say that you are to be baptized in Jesus' name only. Have you ever heard that? In Jesus' name only. And they'll say, you know, Pastor Ronnie, I want to get baptized, but you know, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name only because we need to be baptized in Jesus' name only. And I'm like, look okay fine I mean you know a God must be in heaven mortified at the things that we split hairs over you know he said go into the, into the harvest is great and the laborers are few and, and, and so go into the harvest and do the work of the ministry and here we are arguing about you know the Duncan formula well, I got to get baptized in Jesus name only well I got to get baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit listen I, I don't care I I really don't care. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name only, that is no problem. I'll be happy to. I'll take you down, and I'll say, look, I baptize you in in, in Jesus' name, and then I take them and put them under the water, and then I say, and the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And bring them back. Stuff? Say amen, saints. Amen. Don't make a big deal out of nothing. So notice, not only baptizing, and, 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 but notice this here, our second thing is very important to see teaching them. Teaching them. Amen. Baptize them and teach them. Now here's how it works preaching for the lost, teaching for the saved. Amen. Simple as that. Preaching for the lost, teaching for the saved. Once a person is saved, Then there's this lifelong process of teaching and learning the word of God. Learn the word. Paul said, I've not shunned to declare unto you, to the Ephesian elders, Acts 20, 27. Declare unto you the whole counsel of the word of God. You know, that's what I want to say when I stand before the Lord. I want to declare the whole counsel of the word of God. We should teach it all. We should wrestle and grapple with all of God's word. Teach people to guard, to love and to keep everything that Jesus said. And then finally, the promise of the Great Commission. Again in verse 20, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. Jesus is with us always. Amen, saints? And even when we don't sense his presence, he's with us always. You know, some people think that if I don't feel goosebumps, he must not be here. No, don't count on goosebumps. Believe the word. He said, I'm with you always, always. As you're going, as you're teaching, as you're baptizing in my name, as you're traveling together as disciples, know this, that I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Let me read you a story. Back in the 1950s, listen close. Back in the 1950s, there was a college student by the name, true story, by the name of Lo Tao Day, And Lo lived on the island of Taiwan in Formosa. And Lo was a brilliant man, an excellent student who was approached by some missionaries who were really desiring to convert him. He was very convicted, but firmly decided, no, I will not give my life to anyone. I'm the captain of my fate, the controller of my destiny. I decide to do what I want to do. But wherever Lo went, he saw these missionaries worshiping. It used to bug him. And so he went halfway around the world to Britain and enrolled in the graduate studies in London at Cambridge University. He continued to excel, but wouldn't you know it, a young man that he was sharing an apartment with was a believer. He started witnessing to him and sharing it, and, and, and sharing, and, and it just kind of drove Lowe crazy. So he left England and he headed back to California. And he arrived in California, and he moved into an apartment, and he got a knock on the door, And it was someone witnessing and sharing the gospel. Well, he got very upset. And as the witnessing Christian went on, he finally took a Bible and he said, Here, take this. This is the New Testament. And Lo grabbed it and he said, I'm sick of the pushiness of you believers. And he threw the New Testament across the room into the fireplace where the fire was raging. And he slammed the door and the guy who was witnessing went on his way. He was shaken up. Well, the next day, Lo was sitting in the front room looking at the fireplace and seeing the New Testament charred and burned and he grabbed it and he grabbed the charred ashes and it was only one page left and only one part of that page. In fact, only one phrase from that page and it was this phrase, "Lo, I am with you always. (laughs) True story. And the man fell on his knees and with tears streaming down his face, he became a believer, and he went on to become a pastor, a teacher, and a writer. From Formosa to England to California to Apex, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. Amen. And then, in closing, Abraham Lincoln left Springfield for Washington to become president, and he said farewell to the local folk by raising his hand in benediction. And he said, now I commend you to God who is able to go with me and stay with you. Amen. Because Jesus does all always. Amen. And I would have to say that to you today. You guys know I'm leaving for India Wednesday morning. And I'd ask you to pray. The good news is that the Lord who is able to go with me will be here with you. Amen. 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 And that's the God we serve. He really is a great and awesome God. Amen.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times,